Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 24th of March, 2020. I'm your surreal Gerald Quinn discussing the world of sports and uh, pop culture. As always, we are streaming live here on my YouTube channel. Um, the podcast should be up anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes after the uh, after the broadcast is done. Podcast is over. We will also be on, of course, featured on iTunes, uh, iTunes, as well as uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and also Blog Talk Radio. Um, lot going on, <laughs> to say the least, um, in the world of sports. But you know, there was a relatively busy sports day, considering that there are no actual sports uh, live games in terms of the four major sports um, number of uh, announcements um, that you had today. Number one, um, the ILC is going to postpone the Olympics. I don't think that's anybody surprised by that. It's absolutely till, till 2021. Um, so, you know, if it's a good news, bad news type thing. You know, the bad news, you know, the, those you got a lot of athletes who waited their entire lives to get to this point um, with the Olympics being every four years. But the good news is at least it will be another, at least, you know, at least uh, they'll be back next year. Um, there was a fear, there was fear that maybe, you know, maybe they would have to wait even longer um, if it was outright just canceled and mess around and, and you know, when, and athletes wouldn't have to wait until 2024. So that, you know, at least one year. Again, one year is a lot in a, if you are, if, if this is your last Olympics, it's one thing if you're 18 years old, you're 21, you're 22, but if you are, you know, in your late 20s, some of these, depending on the sport, your late 20s, early 30s, it could be like a year, is a, a year is still a long time. But I would have to think that the fact that you, I would have to think that, um, that you you know much rather have this have it this way than than to be a longer postponement or even 2024. So that and you knew that was going to happen. Uh, it's no surprise with that. You also saw Tua Tagovailoa throwing in a, an Instagram video um, with the ex Alabama quarterback. It was about the video was about 15 20 seconds. Uh, he's expected to be a top five pick. I would take him number one if I were the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not. I'm not a Joe Burrow guy. Um, I, I think Joe Burrow came along just too fast. Too fast. I got. I got to see at least two years of Tua, and if Tua is healthy, he gets a clean bill of health. I would take him with the number one pick. I think. I actually think he's worth the risk. I actually think he's worth the risk. There are going to be a number of teams. He is to me. He's he's ahead of schedule in terms of uh, in terms of his recovery. Um, and again, I know it's only a, a 15 to 20 second video, but he he was moving well. Um, there's always going to be questions about his health until he goes out there and stays healthy for a couple of years. But as far as who's the better pro- who is the better prospect as far as ability, I don't think there's any question that it's Tua. I just, I just, if I had the number one pick, I would take Tua. So you saw that. Um, you also had the Philadelphia 76ers making complete jackasses of themselves with by initially 
proposing to cut the their salary employees employers who were making over fifty thousand dollars or more by twenty percent, and they tried to spin it by saying that this you know that, that this was going to enable them to pay their hourly employees in full. So after uh, basically uh, uh, getting destroyed on social media and consulting with some players and some people within that organization, they uh, changed course, reverse course, and decide to uh, uh, decide to go uh, not cut their cut their salaries of their employers, cut the salaries of their um, of their uh, salary employees, and you know you see stuff like this. And considering what's going on, it the thing his I'll say two things about this. Number one, billionaires should not panic, and the owners of the, the owners of that team are are you know either billionaires or close to being billionaires. If you're an owner of a franchise of multiple franchises, they own the net, they own the Devils as well as the Sixers. You shouldn't be in the you shouldn't be anywhere near panicking. Like the, this, you know, this pandemic. Uh, pandemic uh, rich people, wealthy people are going to be fine. Okay. It is the lower middle class to um, people who are below poverty or living from check to check that are, are going to pay the price. So there's no, there's zero reason to, for, this, for this even to be a thought in the owner's heads. Zero reason. And this is how you lose quality employees. Mm-hmm. This is how you lose quality employees by doing dumb shit like this. By even thinking about doing dumb shit about like this. If I worked for the Sixers right now, if I was one of those employees, would I be looking for would I be looking for another job right now? No. But would I uh if another offer came up in the future, would I think about it? Yeah. And that's how you lose that's how businesses fall apart. That's how you lose quality employees by just you know treating them with no regard, or by thinking you can just replace them. You can't. You can't replace quality people. You really. I mean, you think you can replace them with bodies, but there's a reason why. There's a reason why you should value a quality employee because good help is hard to find in any in any walk of life. I don't care what. I don't care if it's shot right. Or a, or a major uh, multi-billion dollar, million dollar corporation. It doesn't matter. So I'm not going to give the Sixers any credit for reversing course. They shouldn't have thought of that in the first place. It shouldn't have even been a thought. Um, so they dealt with their embarrassment. And, fi- and finally, social media does some good. Finally, the complaint, because they got destroyed on social media. Twitter, they got, I mean, they got just lambasted on uh, on Twitter and, and the various different other platforms. And good, they should have. Um, and, and, and I, if you're Adam Silver, you just gotta be shaking your head. I mean, be, if I'm Adam Silver, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, hey, can you give me a call before you even think about doing something like that? Or even, if that thought even crosses your, crosses your mind, at least don't go public with it. <laughs> like, if, that, if that's something that you think of and then it, it never gets out, that's one thing. But the, the idea that it, this thing went public and even for a couple hours or however long it was between the time they thought about it and changed their mind, it was too long. So they uh, 
reverse course as they should have, and the uh, those employees are going to get paid as they should. Um, I'm not going to do a lot on the on the coronavirus. Uh, there's not too many things that I, I can sit up here and tell you that you probably already don't know. There's no stimulus package that has not been figured, that has not been signed by or agreed upon with the uh, in Congress. Um, you have your you have a president who wants to open up things and have the government running and businesses running things by Easter. Um, public health people and doctors will uh, will are thinking otherwise with that, and I feel like I know how that's how this is going to play out. But you know, I just want to do a lot of I'm going to do a lot of sports on this particular podcast. I don't want to just I mean it's bad enough that you know people have to worry about their next paycheck or mortgage or rent. So kind of going to stand clear of that. Um, of that tonight, but um, it is not getting any better as far as uh, in terms of understanding this this uh, understanding this virus. Uh, casualties are going up, um, so you know just keep your head up, be safe, and uh, listen to the doctors. Do not listen to the government. Listen to the doctors. They know what they're talking about. Public health people know what they're talking about. The infectious experts know what they're talking about. But, like I said, we're not going to do a lot of that tonight. Uh, if, if, that, if, any, if any at all on this podcast. I want to talk about, I want to get into, um, and also one thing, one other thing before I get into Brady and Manning. Um, Cam Newton, of course, as expected, was released by the Carolina Panthers after um Nine years, uh, Super Bowl appearance, MVP, uh, 68. He was 68-55 as a starter with the Panthers, 3-4 and four in the playoffs. And, um, you know, we'll see what he can do uh, in the next, the, the second part of his career. He's 30 years old. He's coming off a litany of injuries. I still think a healthy Cam Newton can be an effective quarterback, can be, a guy with the right, with a with a great situation, culture, structure, can can lead a team to the playoffs, and maybe even beyond. Um, now, a lot will have to happen for him to get back to the Super Bowl, but I, I still think Cam Newton has some gas left in the tank if he's healthy. I again, if I'm the New England Patriots, he would be number one on my list to be if he if he has a clean bill of health. I think he would be. I think he would flourish with Belichick and that culture, and you know them with the defense. I, I think he's. I think he's a perfect fit. I think. And remember, remember, think about. Remember about. Think about Cam Newton. Of course, you have to tailor your offense towards his skill set. Who in the NFL tailors? Who, who in the NFL is better at adapting and evolving than the New England Patriots with Bill, Bill Belichick? They change the game plan weekly. So I don't think that they don't have a system like they they are, you know, they morph into whatever the uh, their opponent or the, the, the game is uh, or the game causes calls for. So I I think I think he's going to in my I keep thinking that I think he's going to end up being a Patriot. I think he has a lot to prove. You know, have a lot to prove. You have a chip on the shoulder. Uh, a lot of people are writing his career off. A lot of people think he's finished. Um, 
I think when you look at Cam Newton up until this point in his career, he was a franchise quarterback when healthy. He was a franchise quarterback. Now, he only had three winning seasons, but, you know, I don't never, I never thought he was with a competent offensive um, coach. Rivera was a defensive guy. And I would, I would love to see him with a somebody who offensively could uh, really could could take his game to another level. And I think that again, I think there's some gas in left in the tank. Uh, there's no reason at 30 years old why this guy can't be a playoff quarterback, a team that you know. Again, I don't know if he's a, I don't think that he's at a I don't think that he's at a at a point or will ever get to a point to where he can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But a guy that can get you to the playoffs and you know win a game in the playoffs, get you to a divisional round, yeah, I think he can be that guy. I think he still has that in him. So we'll see what um, we'll see what happens with that. Again, I expect that um, he will be picked up. Um, he will. He was. He, he's going to start somewhere next year. He's going to start somewhere next year. Now, James Winston probably won't. I think James Winston is going to completely rebuild his reputation and his career. 30 interceptions is like a scarlet letter in the NFL. I mean, that that's a dud. And I think and James has talent a lot. And I you know I'm a Florida State fan. I watched him at Florida State. He has a lot of talent. You cannot deny, and I'm not someone who's big on yards, but you can't deny the amount of you can't deny his ability. Like Winston has ability, uh, but he's gonna to have to rebuild his reputation in order to get a starting spot and in order to get a, another starting job. And again, these guys. Listen, you got you got some quarterbacks that are headed out uh, in the next couple of years. Guys always get hurt at that position. We see how many quarterbacks got you know were injured last year. Um, he'll get another shot. Um, he'll he you know he's going to pay some dudes. He's going to be a backup on you know he's going to back up a veteran team, but he, he will definitely without question get another shot because it's just not that many great quarterbacks and there's not that many great quarterbacks in this league once you get past you know once you get past the, the big guns in, in, in the NFL so you have that going on um, you as far as the uh, some other news of note some other news of NFL news of note you had uh, Quentin Dunbar and this this is why Washington has been one of the worst NFL franchises over the last 20 years they trade Quentin Dunbar, who, by the way, was ranked number two as the second best cornerback by Pro Football Focus, which I trust, by the way. I trust Pro, I trust pro Football Focus as a means in terms of grading players and, and teams and, and what have you. They had him number two behind Richard Sherman. Say so even ahead of Gilmore, ahead of a number of cornerbacks this year. Um, now, he wasn't going to make all pro or even the Pro Bowl playing you know, with Washington. But he he played great this year, and Washington, for whatever reason, trades him for a fifth round pick. Um, they get rid of they cut Josh Norman, okay, got rid of a bunch of other guys in secondary, Monte Nicholson, and now they get they get Kendall Fuller back, which they never who they never should have traded to begin with. So you you settle at that you know Fuller still to me. You had still a top slot corner. Um, again, to get rid of a guy for a fifth round pick, I don't care how disgruntled he is. 
if I'm Ron Bavira and I'm that organization, I'm doing whatever I whatever I have to do to try to keep him to keep him on the team. And if it becomes that disgruntled, then you gotta give me a second. You have to give me a second round pick. There are not that many great cornerbacks. There are not that many quality, good cornerbacks. I'm not saying he's great. There are not that many quality cornerbacks in the NFL right now. There's just not. And a guy who is relatively young, still 27, 28, on a good contract, is only going to get paid, is only going to make $3 million this year. Um, either, you know, if he goes out there, and I know he, had one, he only had one year left on his contract. If he goes out there and, you know, has a great year, you can franchise him. Okay. If he goes out there and he stinks up the joint, then get rid of him. For, and for nothing. You know, just, I mean, just get rid of him. Just let him walk. You know, you might as well have got nothing for him. A fifth round, I mean, a fifth round pick for a starting cornerback who was graded, again, who was rated number two by Pro Football Focus. And and that's why Washington, who, who that's why who that's why they are who they are. He will go to Seattle, and I, you can mark my word, he will be an all pro in Seattle next year. He will be an all-pro. He'll be first or second team all-pro next year with Seattle. It's a great coach of him. Pete Carroll, as we know, um, coaches coaches uh, is a great secondary coach with cornerbacks. He will be a he will be a top player with Seattle. I, I promise you. I promise you. So Tom Brady has his opening has a press conference for Tampa Bay today. Uh, it is Peyton Manning's 44th birthday. And they got me to thinking they're running a bunch of stuff. They ran in, on Sunday. They ran some stuff for Tom Brady, uh, marathon for Tom Brady for like six or seven hours. They're doing a similar same thing on ESPN two for uh, Peyton Manning. Got me to thinking about the rivalry between those two and about which I think kind of goes under under appreciated as far as. Uh, because it, really, it literally was one of the great robberies in all the sports. It, it really was. You think about, I, mean, I could put it in, like, in terms of individual robberies, I'll put it up there with um, Bird, Magic, Russell, Chamberlain. I will put it up there. It's the best, it's the best in terms of quarterback robberies. There's no other quarterback robbery that comes close to it in the NFL. And, you know, I'm not going to sit up, I'm not sit up here and saying that not going to make an argument that Manning is better than Brady, but the gap is not as big as you may think it is. And, you know, Brady has the six Super Bowls. Manning has two. But there wasn't, you know, over the course of the, their respective careers, I would say from like 2000 to, let's say, 02 to 2010. Right. Now, Manning came in the league two years before Brady. He was class of 98. Brady came in in 2000. Um, Brady didn't establish himself as a top quarterback until, I would say, 2002. Even that, that season, he's 2001, came out of nowhere. Brady, uh, Bledsoe gets hurt. They won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl with their defense. Okay. And, and Brady not making mistakes. And he, made, he made a couple plays here and there. But that, that was a defensive 
it held the Rams to 17 points. So that, that was about Bill Belichick's defense. He shouldn't have won MVP of that Super Bowl. It should have been uh, high law. And I would say Brady came of age in 2002, that particular season, had a strong season. And Manning, I would say 2000. But let's say for argument's sake, from 2002 to 2010, they were without question the two best quarterbacks in football. I mean, it's not even a question. Now, I stopped at 2010 because I, I think at, the, at 2011, it, it became Aaron Rodgers' league as far as not only as the best quarterback, I thought Aaron Rodgers was the best player for about five years that he was clearly the best player in football from 2011 on. Not one time, I would say, from 2002 to 2010 that I feel like Brady was a better, better player than Peyton Manning. Now, you say, well, what ha- why, besides the Super Bowls, why is Peyton Manning, why is Brady considered um, to be better than Manning? Um, and here's where it kind of gets, here's where, to, here's where I have to kind of back Manning. You had 20 years of Belichick versus, say, six years of Tony Dungy. So, the Belichick, yeah, take that into consideration. Six years of Tony Dungy, three years of, he was with uh, Denver from 2012 to 2015. Four years of Gary Kubiak. Okay. So, and Gary, I mean, listen, I know Gary Kubiak won the Super Bowl 2015. We, so did Barry Switzer have the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean you're a great coach. We, Gary Kubiak was an okay coach. Belichick is Belichick. Dungy is a, is a very good coach. He was a great coach. So 20 years of Belichick versus six years of, uh, of Tony Dungy. Then you have a situation where, and this where the thing that separates Brady in terms of um, why, people, why people put him ahead of Manning is the postseason. Uh, Manning's postseason numbers, not as good as his regular season numbers. His record in the postseason is one game over 500. We know what Brady has done in, in, in the postseason, went to nine Super Bowls. But regular season, regular season, there has not been a more consistent player in, in my book, in my eyes, there has not been a more consistent player down in and down out regular season than Peyton Manning. And not only during that time, but in the history of the NFL, regular season. Like I could I think I think that regular season, Peyton Manning was the most consistent player that I that I, that I ever saw. I mean, the guy was a one man uh, he's a one man machine as far as the, Offensive, he he was not in quarterback. He's offensive coordinator. Versus Brady coming up, being a part of a system of a culture that was that was developed, to, you know, with Kraft and with Belichick. And again, I and again when Brady. 
when Brady became better than Manning, Manning was done. So 2015, Manning has a horrible season. That was his, that was his, and that was his, that was he was done done. That was his last year. That was a Super Bowl year, and he was terrible that year. And Brady kept putting up numbers and kept, and eventually, you know, won a couple more Super Bowls. But if I take the best of Tom, if I take them at their apex, at their peak, the best Tom of Tom Brady versus the best Peyton Manning. Manning's a better Manning's a better quarterback. Manning's better from that standpoint. Manning's better, and Manning um, Manning had a um, he had a better he had a, a career winning record against Brady in terms of playoffs. I don't think a lot of people realize that or want to point to that. Um, we took you know the five MVPs, seven times All Pro, first team, which is which is hard to make All Pro in the NFL. It's hard to make the All Pro team with so many positions. So much competition, especially at the quarterback quarterback position, you can have a great year and then not be on all pro team, depending on I mean, depending on what your team does. So he was seven times he was all pro, which is the most, which is tied with Otto Graham for uh, most all time. Again, I'm not telling you that if I'm ranking the quarterbacks all time, I'm putting Brady, I'm putting Manning ahead of uh, uh, ahead of, of Tom Brady. I'm telling you is uh, is way is much closer than what history will than what history will show. History is going to show a couple things. They're going to show six six Super Bowls versus two, and they're also going to show how Manning ended his career versus the fact that Brady is going to be 43 years old, uh, starting entering his 21st season. As an example of what, what you know, Manning, the last of what we saw Manning was like, damn, this dude, he really can't play no more. That was the last of what we saw Peyton Manning. But it's really, it's, it's, I mean, it's, and you, and I can compare it to this. Uh, the best comparison I can do as far as. Uh, a guy, one guy that who was probably more talented and who had all the numbers. And again, if you want to say Brady's, if you take Manning played seventeen years, he played sixteen years, and when you you got to take out the season where he was where with the neck injury, so he played sixteen years. If you take if you take Manning's sixteen years versus Brady's sixteen versus Brady's for sixteen years, there's no comparison with their numbers. Now Manning, Brady exceeded Manning. Because he played, he played longer. Like Brady's played twenty years, Manning played sixteen. So you do the math on that one. It's four. He played four. Played four more years. I, I the best comparison I would do is is Chamberlain and Russell. Russell has eleven championships. Chamberlain only has two. But it was, but Russell probably Russell without question was probably was the more talented skilled player all around, especially offensively. But it was Russell's, Russell, what put Russell over the top and what put Brady over, what's taking Brady over the top is, number one, similar to uh, Brady, Russell performed better, performed was better in the postseason. His performance in the postseason went up. Chamberlain's went down. Brady's performance in the in the postseason um, 
either went up or stayed at the same as regular season, Manny's went down in the postseason all around, in the, in the postseason during his 20, those 27 starts for whatever reason. And intangibles, that's where Brady, that's where Bill Russell destroyed Manning and, and Will Chamberlain. Intangibles, not, you know, coming up big when it counts the most, uh, not throwing, not throwing an interception, a key interception, not beating, you know, not beating him, themselves. And again, this is where you have to view, this is where this is also, you have to look at culture as well. The Celtic culture, Red Arback, you got to give him all the credit in the world. Red Arback was probably the greatest general manager slash coach in the history of sports. Think about, he picked the players and coached them. And even after he was retired, he was, I mean, he was we drafted Len. We made trades to get uh, Len Bias, you know, rest in peace to him. You know, um, and of course, he tried, had to die of the cocaine overdose back in 86. Uh, I mean, that guy was going to be Len Bias. Anybody, Len Bias was, was going to be a superstar in the NBA. Anybody, anybody that, that, that follows college basketball, especially ACC basketball. Bill Russell kind of bounced around all over the place. And then played, Bill Russell played with some, not Bill Russell, excuse me, Will Chamberlain. Had multiple coaches. Bill Russell had one. Brady, up to this point, has had one coach. One. So, I think that, um, again, it's a rivalry that I I don't think that, I mean, now, we'll see with Lamar, with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, that has the potential to be the next big one in the, in the NFL. Both of them are young, 20, both of them are, you know, what, 23 and under. And both of them has already experienced success with MVPs. Mahomes has a Super Bowl. You know, Jackson needs to win, you know, needs to win a playoff game. But uh, he looked like, seeming like he's going to be around for the next at least three or four, four or five years until he has to develop into, um, into a pocket quarterback eventually. But um, I don't think you're ever going to see two quarterbacks on that level and where we get to see the majority of their primes going at it like that. I don't think you'll ever see that um, in, in, the, in the NFL. Kobe and LeBron never went head to head. They never went head to head in, in, in a playoff in a big in a big moment. So that it gets lost that I can't can't put them up there as far as great rivalries, individual rivalries in sports. Quarter again in quarterback wise in the NFL again outside of Manny and Brady I I can't think of when's what's, what was the last great quarterback rivalry besides those two. I mean, what Kelly Marino? Everybody knew Marino was better. It was much was a much better player than Kelly, than he was. Young Aikman has, you know, eh, eh, again, yeah, system versus great individual talent. Again, if I had a team, if I had a team. 
I gave it. Everything was equal. Coaching, players. You asked me, take Brady or you take it Manning? I probably would take Manning, to be honest with you. Again, it's not that's not anti-Brady. It's I, that's my respect for Bill Belichick. That's my respect for Bill Belichick. But again, this is not me arguing that Peyton Manning should be over Tom Brady in terms of greatest quarterback of all time. No, I think I have Manning. Matter of fact, I have. I have Brady. I have Brady's not no more. I have Montana, Brady, Elway. Those are my top three. I have Manning fourth. I have Manning behind Elway. So that that those are my top uh, four uh, quarterbacks of all time. And with all apologies to uh, some some of my older listeners or viewers in terms of the Johnny Unitas and Otto Grams of the world. All due respect to them. Those those are my top four. But again, they ruled the sport for a decade. Um, And I think I just I think Manning was to me again the most consistent player, game in and game out that I ever that I ever saw. Consistent player, like game in and game out. I really I really believe that. And I think Manning I think Manning's the best regular season quarterback of all time. Um. I think Brady, you know, I think Brady is probably is the, you know, one the best postseason quarterback of all time. So here we go. This is the Real Deal Podcast. Uh Surreal Gerald Quinn as we try to get back on here on with uh YouTube. Um and we are and we're back and we're back here. Um, I'm going to do my all-NBA teams. And so I realize that the season is not over. I realize that the NBA is going to do everything in its power to finish the season and crown a champion, crown a champion. But the regular season is over. Like, they're not, there's not, there's not going to be those, those last however many games that they had left, 15 to 20, or 15 to 18, those games are not going to be played. So the regular season is over, and there is a these these awards are regular season awards. So MVP, no surprise, will be and should be the Greek Freak. Um, LeBron was closing ground, but ultimately Milwaukee had the best record, um, and you cannot deny the fact that right now the Greek Freak is a better all around player than LeBron James on both ends of the court, and the Greek Freak I think not only will be first-team All-NBA, he'll be first-team All-Defense, and he is my Defensive Player of the Year. So I think he'll be the Defensive Player of the Year as well. As far as the MVP, as far as my top five MVP candidates, I have the Greek Freak, LeBron 2, Luka 3, Harden 4, and Siakam 5. Siakam has had a great year, and I cannot deny the best player on the team. That's 46 and 18. No one expected Toronto to be at that level. Rookie of the year, Jai Morant. Though we know if you get, I, I we know Zion is Zion is the best rookie, but I I, I can't, yeah, not that Zion. Zion had up until this point. Now Zion had a chance to catch Morant had they made the playoffs, but 
as we, as we currently stand, Memphis is going to be in the playoffs. New Orleans is not. And Morant played considerably more games, so that's not even a question. So Morant wins the we'll get my we'll get my rookie of the year. As far as the all NBA teams, first team first team was relatively I had relatively easy. Uh the Greek Freak, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Luca, and James Harden. Um Anthony Davis has been spectacular this year. He really, and he probably will finish running up to the Greek freaking defense player of the year. I know Harden has struggled, but he's still averaging 34 points a game and still, like, he's still worthy of being first team. And Luca speaks for himself. Luca has been spectacular at about 20, 29, 9, and 8 for a Dallas team that didn't really have too much high expectations. And that would have, that, you know, depending on when, whenever they start playing again, it's going to be a dangerous. Could be dangerous in the in the playoffs or the tournament in regards to the NBA. Second team was tricky. I had Kawhi Leonard, uh, Djokovic, Novak, not Novak Djokovic, um, the Joker, Joker uh, Djokovic, uh, Siakam, Westbrook, and Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul and Westbrook. Chris Paul, no one. Leonard was easy. Uh, Jokic, Jokic was easy. Siakam, those three were easy for the second team. Uh, Westbrook has been spectacular since January. So why did I put Chris Paul over, say, Lillard or Ben Simmons? Again, Chris Paul is playing on a team that really did not have high expectations. He has been spectacular this year, especially in, in clutch situations. Um, his leadership uh, is about not, you know, in terms of not in terms of his pure numbers, is about impact to me. And those, you know, those players that flourished around him: Gallinari, the guard Stroder, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and he deserves all the credit in the world for that. That was a tough situation. Basically, you are people are pointing fingers at you as being a reason why Houston did not advance past Golden State, which was not the case at all. It was James Harden's fault. But Chris Paul was the fall guy from that standpoint. And he's come up, been he's been dominant. He was great this year. He's great. Now, that team had a ceiling. They weren't going to make it that far in the playoffs, but that's not even the point. I mean, they, at the beginning of the season, we didn't think that team was even a playoff team. So that's why I had him second team. Third team, I had Lillard, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Tatum and Embiid. Embiid almost did not make this list. I I literally forgot about Embiid. I'll be honest with you. I forgot I forgot all about Joel Embiid. But he he was one of the fifteen best players. I can't he couldn't be left off this list, but I almost I almost left him off. Uh but he makes the uh he makes third team. Now, some guys that could have made it that there are really only three. There are three guys that could that I could make a a, 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 a case for: Bradley Bill, uh, Sabonis, the minor Sabonis out of Indiana, and Chris Middleton. Those are three guys that you could make. Middleton, second best player on a team with the best record, is a very good defensive player. Um, offensively, he had a chance to be 50, 40, and 90. I think he was 54 and 90, 50, 40 and 90 before uh, 
before play got suspended. It was averaging about 21 points a game. Milton's had a great year. He's had a great year. So you can make a case for him. Bradley Bill, I, it hurt. Because I watched Bradley Bill often being down in DMV. It hurt to leave Bradley Bill off the team. I'm a Bradley Bill fan. I wish he gets on a contender so people can really see that this guy is developing to one of the top two guards in the league. But um, the Wizards are where they are. They're out. Of, they're not in the playoffs. Um, and the guard position, you know, the guard position is tough. I was not going to – I was not going to – there was no way, because I thought he should have made it last year. There was no way that I was going to leave Ben Simmons off. Ben Simmons has been spectacular this year all around defensively. Uh, his defense, he should be a candidate for defense player of the year as well. I mean, that would be my top three, the Greek Freak. Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons would be number three. Ben Simmons absolutely better make first team all defense. He absolutely deserves to make first team all defense. Uh, played great when um, when MB was injured for the stretch, and uh, really has really developed this year. Now again, I'm not going to people worry about too much what Ben Simmons can't do as far as his jump shot. Instead of paying attention to what he can do, and that's pass, that's run your team, that's post up. That's defend four positions. Really, at times you can defend even five positions. You can do every. You can do everything but shoot. Um, so now again, he needs to get better at the free throw line. We all know that. Forget about the jump shot. He needs to be. He needs to be at least seventy-five percent at the free throw line. Um, 75, 75 to eighty percent. But he's. I thought. I think Ben Simmons has played great this year. He's definitely worthy of being a third team All NBA. He's definitely been one of the top. 15 players. I could not have two Celtics on there. You want to, if you're wondering where uh, where um, Kimba Walker is, Tatum's been Tatum's been their best player. So I could I was not taking two Celtics. So there you go with the All NBA teams. Uh, sounds like Giannis will you know based on the media vote will be will be MVP uh, for the second straight year. And he deserves it. He deserves it. Um, without questions in my mind. So it was, again, the toughest positions I had was, I would say, keeping Bill off that um, a lot of people are not going to like Siakam. But Siakam has played. Anybody that's watched Toronto know Siakam has been steady throughout the course of the season. And he's been their best player. And, again, he will be he will make one of those all-defensive teams as well. But ultimately, I think that those would be – I think – that those will be your 15 players. They might not, I might not have got the order right. Like you might see a Chris Paul be, you might see Lillard on second team or Chris Paul on third team, or you might see Embiid on a second team or Siakam on third team. But I think I got the, I think those are your 15 guys as far as the All NBA players. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Real Deal podcast. Thanks for joining me. I will see you next time. Very soon, we're coming up later on this week with a podcast. I'm out. Take it easy.